Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class each Wednesday evening and each Sunday morning. For those who are not able to be with us in the building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and for others in other parts of the country and literally around the world who may not be able to be with their congregations as they come together in their meeting places, or those who are just listening. They're, they're kind of checking in with us uh, through our website or through our podcasting, and they want to study God's Word. And so we're providing these Bible studies for everybody who wants to get into God's Word. And we're thankful to have the opportunity, the means, and the ability to do so. Now, if you're in the, sunny, if you're in the Omaha area, then we encourage you to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. We meet together every Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible studies for all ages, and also on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Sunday morning Bible classes, and that's followed at 10.30 by our Sunday morning worship. You're welcome to any and all of these services. You really are. And we would love to have the the opportunity to meet you and get to know you better and let you get to know us better. Now, if you're listening in other parts of the country or around the world, then we encourage you to find the Church of Christ in your area and start studying and growing spiritually with them. But we also encourage you to continue to listen to these podcast Bible studies and share them with everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to get into God's Word, who need to turn their lives around spiritually, who need to start focusing on their soul's salvation and eternity because it's coming. So share these studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but make up your mind and make that commitment and start studying or start sharing today with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can on a regular basis. We also encourage you to encourage everyone you know, to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the homepage to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. Now, we always emphasize it is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We, we want to help people get to heaven. And so when anyone signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whichever one they choose, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever they choose, they'll automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and also they will receive a really, I think, a wonderful, short, about a 13-minute Bible class each day called Today's Bible Class, really covering pertinent matters that are addressed in God's Word, and they will receive our Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. Well, at our website, churchofchrist.com, anybody can download hundreds of sermons, and many of those now are posted in video format as well as audio, and they can listen They can study along. They can grow spiritually through that means of Bible study resource material. They can also download hundreds of 
biblically-based and spiritually-focused articles. And again, read through those, study through the scriptures, and in that way, again, grow spiritually. We want to help people, again, get to heaven. We're not after their wallets, as we keep emphasizing. We want to help them have an eternal home with their Heavenly Father, and that is forever and ever. So take advantage, churchofchrist.com. We're going to get back into our study of Second Peter. We studied all the way through First Peter. We took a good deal of time doing that because the material is so rich and want to really cover it pretty thoroughly and help help us get a better insight into the depths of what God, through the Apostle Peter, was trying to communicate to us as to God's will for our living the Christian life. 1 Peter, 2 Peter really addressed, just like the book of James primarily, to the individual Christian as to how we need to live our lives faithfully as Christians, as God's family, as his adopted children, once we have become Christians, to our Heavenly Father. Now, we looked at the first couple of verses last time, probably down actually through, maybe even down through verse 3, but I want to go back and just read those first couple of verses, and then we're going to get into uh, the verses that follow. So Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, like precious faith, that means they become Christians. They become followers, faithful, obedient, dedicated followers of Christ, just as the apostles had. And so Peter identifies himself immediately as the penman through whom God was guiding this letter to be written, and he addresses that to all of those who have become Christians, who have obtained like precious faith by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. It's interesting that he identifies Jesus there as being God who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the wording there seems to indicate that he is identifying Jesus as God. Now, that would bother some people. And it's difficult for us to really fully, I think, grasp to the depths of meaning when we're thinking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, being, as the scriptures tell us, one God. Now, I think we need, when we get to heaven, we'll be able to observe and say, I get it now. It really is simple. But the idea of the Trinity, as some people refer to the three persons of God, uh, the Godhead, as, as some people refer to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we, we think in a very finite way because that's the kind of, of reality that we live in, in this physical world and in this physical existence. And so we think of God being one, Jesus being another one, the Holy Spirit being another one. But the scriptures tell us the Lord our God is one Lord. And so Jesus or Christ, the Son of God, is addressed or identified as God a number of times in the New Testament scriptures, this being one of them. Now, 
again, what we, how we need to understand that is he is God the Son. The Holy Spirit is God the Spirit. God is God the Father. And so Peter says, I'm writing this to all basically boiled down bottom line understanding. I'm writing this to all who are true Christians. Now, we've talked about many times that there are many people out there who call themselves Christians or consider themselves to be Christians who have never really come to Christ in the way that God instructed in his word. And so if we want to come to God through Christ, we need to come to God his way, the way he has identified in scripture, his word, that he wants us to come to him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14 and verse 6. Now, what did Jesus say? You've got to believe in me as the Son of God, as your Savior. John chapter 8 and verse 24. Whoever does not believe that I am he will die in your sins. We've got to not just believe intellectually, but we've got to openly confess our faith in Christ. He said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 32. Whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. Whoever denies me before him, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. And then Jesus said we must be baptized into him in order to come into a saved relationship before God and with God. He told the apostles to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature or to all creation, to all of humanity. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. But then that's just the beginning point of living this new life in Christ. He then went on and said in, in, in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. So when we're baptized into Christ, having repented of our sins, Luke 13 and verse 3, except you repent, you will all likewise perish, Jesus said, we have been made new spiritually. We have been reborn, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. We become a new creation spiritually, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And now we need to live that new life of Christianity faithfully, obediently, consistently, Jesus said, until we die physically, and he will give us the crown of life, which is eternal life. So when Peter addresses this and says to, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, he's talking about those who have become true Christians, having come to God through Christ in the way that God has laid out for us in the scriptures. He goes on and says in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace, those were common terms of addressing the letters at the beginning of the letters, and to some extent even at the end of the letters, not only here of the Apostle Peter, but of the Apostle Paul. And so we see a combination of the kinds of expressions 
that were used both among the Greeks, or those who spoke the Greek language, and those who were Jews, peace being a particular uh, encouragement uh, to the Jews and in the Jewish and in the Jewish language and that and in that mindset and culture, grace and peace be multiplied to you, not just a kind of surface level expression or wish or prayer for the individuals who would read this, these Christians who would read this letter, but he says, Let, may, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And what is a basis for the grace and peace really having full effect in our lives as followers of Jesus, as Christians, true Christians, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord? Where does faith come from again? We keep emphasizing that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. And so the more we're in God's word, the more we study his word in depth, in detail, and consistently realizing I need to stay in God's word. I need to keep going back to his word and keep refreshing my, my understanding and even growing in the knowledge that I gain as I continue to study his word. Well, then the grace and peace that God offers us as his faithful, obedient followers, it just increases. It, it, it becomes more and more emphasized in our lives by experience. We need to stay in God's word. I've told the story many times about a, oh, he was very well-known, famous, respected gospel preacher back in the late 1800s and then the early 1900s. His name was David Lipscomb. And ultimately, he began what is now Lipscomb University, I believe, on his own property and deeded everything over to the college as it became more and more successful. And he wanted to teach people the gospel. He wanted to help train preachers to become, or, or men to become preachers of the gospel. In his older years, as he still lived in his home on the campus, the story is that one of the young students came by, one of the young men, he saw Brother Lipscomb sitting on his porch reading the Bible. So he came up and kind of struck up a conversation with him. He said, Brother Lipscomb, what are you reading? What are you studying? He says, I'm studying baptism. Now, if anybody knew the ins and outs, the depths and details, and the scriptures as, what they t as to what they teach on the subject of baptism, Brother Lipscomb knew those, inside out, backwards and forwards. And it kind of, his answer kind of took the young student aback, and he said, uh, baptism? Why are you studying baptism? Because again, he knew that Brother Lipscomb was probably a scholar on the subject. And Brother Lipscomb, in his older, elderly years there, he responded, I just want to make sure I didn't miss something. His response along those lines. Well, you see, he wanted to stay in the word. He wanted to keep, continue to grow in the grace and peace and knowledge of God communicated to us through his word. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. How do we learn how to become Christians? How do we know about Christianity? 
How do we know what it is to be a Christian? Through God's word. Notice again how Peter put it. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Where do we get all those things that pertain to life and godliness? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Knowledge? Where do we get the knowledge of God? Where do we get the knowledge of those particular matters that Peter refers to there? Through God's word. When we look at, when we look at uh, Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and we notice here, beginning with verse 9, the Apostle Paul says essentially the same thing. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Notice the emphasis there on knowledge, gaining knowledge, growing in knowledge of God through his word twice in those two verses filled with the knowledge, increasing in the knowledge of God, filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, so we need to understand the importance of staying consistently, continually in God's word. Thereby, we grow in grace and peace, multiplied, and thereby we come to understand God and his love for us and his will for us as to how we would, he wants us to live our lives before him and his desire that we will be with him forever in heaven, we come to understand that more and more and more and more deeply at the same time. So, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, now notice that it says, has given to us all things, that's past tense, and that's all-inclusive. Some people, they're looking for some new revelation. If he's given to us, past tense, all things that pertain to life and godliness, there's nothing else for us to look forward to, to come from God as to that kind of instruction and knowledge. He's already given it to us, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Life according to his will here in this world, living as faithful Christians, and eternal life with him in heaven. Where? Through the knowledge of him. Where do we get that knowledge? In God's word. Again, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. He goes on in verse 4 and says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruptions that is in the world through lust. Interesting verse of scripture right there. We could spend a great deal of time just on that verse of scripture. I'm just going to try to hit it in detail to some extent, but not spend all of the time digging into it that we could, because I want us to move on. But he says, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. 
Now, what would those exceedingly great and precious promises be? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Apostle Paul talk, talks about how blessed we are as a Christian. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, the qualifier there is that short phrase, in Christ. Who is Peter writing this to? Christians. To whom was Paul writing that Ephesians letter? Christians. God blesses the Christian with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, that's why we're still here in this life. God watches over us. We can pray to him continually. He knows, he hears, he listens, he blesses. And then back here in 2 Peter, exceedingly great and precious promises. The promises not only of God being with us and blessing us and seeing us through this life and this world, but the ultimate that he has promised us, a home in heaven with him, in all, through all of eternity, where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more dying. What a wonderful, wonderful promise that is, that as we live our life here faithfully before him, and that includes being obedient to him consistently, we look forward to the ultimate realization of those exceedingly great and precious promises in the reality of a home with him in heaven for all of eternity. Now, we're going to, I want to go through these next several verses, but we're going to come back and, and look at them in more detail next time. Beginning with verse 5, Peter goes on and he points toward heaven, but he also points through this life physically, as we live the Christian life, toward heaven, our ultimate goal, our ultimate realization. And so beginning with verse 5, he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. Now here, here's where a lot of people, they stop, they come up short. They say, oh, I've had faith in God. I have faith in Jesus. Okay, tell me some more. Uh, uh, what do you mean? How are you living your faith in God? How are you living your faith in Jesus? If you believe you're a Christian, how are you living your Christian life? Peter says, giving all diligence. Now, that's a very, very active word diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. In other words, your faith is not going to be complete until you continue to build these characteristics of your faith within your faith, within your personal life. Giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, 
to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance or patience, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And then Peter does not end the emphasis there because he goes on and explains why we need to be diligent to develop our faith to these points of characteristics that, that really evidence our true, deep, and abiding faith. He goes on in verse 8 and he says, For if these things are yours and abound, now not just smatterings, not just surface level faith, not just intellectual belief, but if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, your spiritual lives will be vibrant. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's where a lot of people are who have become Christians. They're back in the sinful lifestyle again. They've come up short. They've stopped after being baptized into Christ to a great extent. So he who lacks these things is short-sighted. Even the blindness has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Now he begins this context of scripture by saying giving all diligence. Now he's closing it out by saying be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. In other words, your eternal life, your eternal salvation. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And here's the ultimate goal. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, we need to work on our faith. We need to build our faith because our faith is foundational to our ultimately being blessed in reality with that eternal home, with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in heaven. We'll come back and look at these last several verses in more detail and depth next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for not only offering us the opportunity to be with you forever in heaven, but promising us that if we will live the life of faithfulness and dedication to you consistently in this physical world, that you will bring us into that home that you have prepared for us or that your son has prepared for us in heaven itself. That home of eternal bliss, eternal reward. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much and sending your Son to make the way for us to have that ultimate eternal blessing with you in heaven. We pray, Father, help people to open their eyes to see what you offer and then to embrace it, Father, in their obedience and dedication to you through Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.